Welcome back, listeners, to the Listen In Podcast. It's episode 147, and you are here with Jake and Sean. We're talking this week, Jake, about the Oscars. Yeah, uh, a good, a, a interesting week for music at the Oscars, It too, was. Um, because... I think it was announced. I don't know if they ever had planned to do it, but for some reason there were there were news stories that came out about the fact that SZA and Kendrick were not going to do all the stars at the Oscars. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't even know they were supposed to. Yeah, I didn't know they were supposed to either, but it was like in the news that they didn't do it. I don't know why okay. that was like a thing. I feel like there was a misinformation campaign on par with like covering up when the D-Day landings were going to happen with this Oscars, okay? Because we had Kevin Hart originally announced as the host, then he wasn't. Then the Oscars said they weren't going to do cinematography and editing, and they weren't going to show those awards on TV. Then they ended up doing it. Uh, there was just a lot of misinformation out there, Jake. We were all misled. I we think were. I say for on behalf of all Americans that I'm sickened <laughs> by that campaign. Actually, it was not a bad Oscars. I watched like maybe half of it. Yeah, um, yeah, entertaining. Like, yeah. and I feel like they kept it moving, and also not having a host allowed for more presenters yeah. to do different stuff. And we didn't need to really others, see whatever, whatever host's bit there was going to be. No, because that's never actually that good. They're never that funny. Even the ones that are okay aren't that great. But we are not talking about the movies here, Jake. Let's talk specifically about the music pieces here. So number one. Green Book won Best Picture, a music-themed movie. I did not right. see it. I didn't either. You didn't either. From what I hear, I just have a feeling this is not a movie that I would respond to necessarily. This is like... It's like an oversimplification of race. Yeah, exactly. Or as Wesley Morris would call it, a racial redemption fantasy. <laughs> yes. As he said when he was taken on to Tuesday's edition of The Daily. Leave it to Wesley Morris to, he, to sum it up like that. Yeah, he really, he really that. had some qualms with this movie. Of course, yeah, New I, York I, Times culture <laughs> critic Wesley Morris. How do I get that job? Uh, anyways, it'd be like the, harder than you think. I bet way harder. But that job like is tough. has a lot of pressure. I would imagine. Uh, Shallow won the Oscar for best original song, and Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper performed it live. Uh, what did you think of this, Jake? I thought their performance was great. First of all, did you think it deserved to win Best Original uh, Song? I, here's the thing. Like, I think All the Stars is a song I like more. Um, however, I, I do think there's something to be said about the fact that um, with Shallow, it was performed like in the movie by the people who wrote it. It feels like that song was more integral to the movie. Right. Which, so it kind of has a leg up. I mean, I think the actual best song was probably All the Stars. I didn't even realize that was nominated. All the stars. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't mention it on the broadcast. Yeah, they did. It was the first one they showed. Okay, that's why. They kind of glossed by it. You couldn't really hear the hook that well. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I'm okay with it winning. I think most um, Oscar-nominated songs actually aren't very good. They're usually. Uh, This one is good. And I think the performance that happened between Mr. Cooper and... Lady Gaga was actually really good. Dude, I I was watching this with big friend of the pod, Mary Kate. Uh, we had it on, and I was like blown away. At the end, I was like, that was great. That felt like a real moment, because some of the other performances felt meh. This one felt like a true moment. I was astounded that, like, like I thought Bradley Cooper sounded great. Yeah. They harmonized well. 
And Lady Gaga is just a fucking oh. force, dude. Oh my god. She can really fucking sing. And like she gets so into it too. She does. She's great. She man. goes for it. She's a true pro. And I think like all Bradley Cooper had to do was sing well, which he did. He yeah. just had to sing, do his part, which is not a necessarily difficult singing part, but like you know, tell me something, girl. Exactly, dude. You should have been up there. I could have done it. Singing with uh, with with Gaga. <laughs> I like some of the Gaga songs. <laughs> what the fuck does she know about cameras? Um, that has nothing to do with anything. But I thought it was great, and I thought it deserved to win given the context of the, I agree. the movie. It was a music movie in a way Black Panther wasn't. Correct. Another movie uh, music thing, Rami Malek. Wins Best Actor for his performance as what, Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. What do we think of this? What do we make of this? I don't like it flat out. I don't either. Like, look, I saw that movie. I thought he was. I thought he was good in it. Um, I thought he was. It was an entertaining movie. Uh, I, it, it, I don't know. It kind of reeks to me because in the um, even in the the little clip they play before when they're announcing everybody, Rami Malek, the Bohemian Rhapsody, and they show his his clip that's supposed to be the hook. The whole thing was him lip syncing. I know. It was my favorite scene of the movie. It like is is this the award for who can lip sync the best? I and, don't think so. And to his credit, he did a good job lip sync lip syncing. He really sold it. So I love Rami Malek. He's great on Mr. Robot. Um, I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody was a good movie. I, I would agree with you. It was entertaining. You were I, entertained by it. It was right? entertaining in the way that hearing Queen songs played in a theater with people. Is entertaining. And elements of the story were entertaining. Sure. I think the movie itself was not good. I think it was not a well-made movie. Uh, I think there's a lot of problems with it. Yeah. Historically, timeline-wise, whatever. A ton. So, I don't... I, I'm First, I'm very happy it didn't win Best Picture. Me too. Green Book, not much better, but whatever. This win didn't feel right, though. It, it felt like we were crowning Rami Malek a little too soon. For a movie where he didn't quite deserve it. Look how many... Leo waited how many years to win an Oscar? And then... And we're giving it to Rami Malek, like... For, like, the this first time he's nominated? For kind of a questionable thing. Yeah. Because I, I saw a lot of people on, on Twitter after being like, uh, I love Rami Malek. He's bad in this movie. I... I, he's I not, no, he's not I, bad. I, a lot of people were saying that. And I, I was like... I feel like Trump right now. Many people are saying. <laughs> the truth is, is like, I, I didn't think he was bad in it no, at all. No. I thought the prosthetic teeth were a little much. That's not his fault. No. And I also thought like he did his best with it. I thought, I mean, I, I didn't know a ton about Freddie Mercury's offstage, you know, characteristics. Right. But to me, it was, it was an, a performance that seemed to have been researched. Yeah. And like it seemed to be informed by something. Yeah. So I don't know. Like the, the Oscars never get it totally right. No. Um, either way, I think Bohemian Rhapsody, maybe not the best movie, maybe not the best historical representation of Queen. Brian May was in the audience, though, given one of the, given like, this is bad radio, but he, what, what, what is this called? Oh, where you, what Sean, for listeners, what Sean is doing is kind of palming one hand in the other and holding it up next to his like chin and cheek. And then, and then you give and like a wave. Kind of doing like a wrist shake with it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that's called. I don't called. know what that move is. Uh, Brian it's... May performed actually with Queen. Uh, the Queen performed with Adam Lambert as the lead singer at the Oscars. Yeah, when did I, how did I miss all of this? I didn't even see it, but I saw like it, I saw it mentioned on social media oh, after. Wow. I guess they like maybe opened the show. Oh, okay. Well, I I missed that. But, I did too. Um, but another musical moment. Either way, Jake, Oscars in the books for another year. Let's move on to another news item. 
we have a new album coming from one of our favorite, I, I think, bands of this the second half of this decade, yep. Big, Big Thief. This is um, an exciting one. Yeah, they're putting this new album out, UFOF. It's out on May 3rd. This is the follow-up to 2017. No, yeah, yeah, 2017's Capacity. Yep, yeah, it was. It came out that fall, I think. And this is a follow-up to lead singer-songwriter Adrian Lanker's 2018 solo album. Abyss Kiss. Which apparently is going to have a couple songs from it. Yeah, and I don't know whether they're going to be like full band arrangements. I would assume they probably will, given, given that Big Thief did such a good job as a band of mm. playing her writing. Uh, but yeah, the song From and the song Terminal Paradise, which are on that, I, I noticed during the track list. Uh, they put on a, a single. The, the song is called UFOF, like the name of the album. I really liked the, the single. I did too. I thought it was beautiful. It's great in all the ways that, that Big Thief... Uh, can be great. It's sort of mysterious and has this sort of. Adrian Linker writes some really interesting chord progressions and like there's weird changes in it. But I, yeah. I, I, I was like really, really digging it and her, her whole vibe, their whole vibe. Like Big Thief. I was thinking about like the other day. There's, there's, they're one of the best like feel good bands in terms of like I'm glad we were into them early. I'm glad we're still into them now. Like they're a band I want to root for. Yeah. Like remember when Masterpiece came out? I think we both just checked that out on a, on a, on a whim. On 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 a on a lark. On yeah. a lark. I almost said on a lark <laughs> and then didn't. Um, yeah, because it was like mentioned. I think I don't even remember Metacritic or I saw it somewhere right. and I was like, I'll give this a chance. And then you were like, Ooh, this song Paul's really good. Yeah. And then I checked it out and then we both. I, I remember listening to it a lot that summer. Yeah. The rest is history. Mowing and, my parents' lawn. Actually, right, and capacity was great. I listened to that yeah. driving up to Maine once. Yeah, time and place, time stuff. and place, man. Um, but yeah, I, I, I honestly like it made me realize this is one of the bands I'm most hyped for new music from. And we always go back to talking about that 2016 year when we were really into like the pop punk yep. emo scene, and it felt like those bands were gonna keep making music and were gonna kind of own the second half of this decade from like an indie rock perspective. And that hasn't totally come to fruition, but if you told me that Big Thief would be one of the most meaningful bands to come out of that year, I don't know if I would have believed you at the time. I would have been like, okay, yeah, like they're, they're good. I think Capacity though, really put them over the top and asserted themselves as one of the major players capacity is like a deeply fulfilling piece oh yeah i was listening to some of the songs from that the other day and like even with the with the benefit of even a little bit of remove from it i was like holy shit oh yeah like that album's great oh yeah it's fantastic um i i wanted to bring up really quick because another something else that came out was a new single from the new pup album yeah which comes out in april i forget what the song was called um uh, friend, something. No, it was. I listened to it a couple times. Today. Pup, it was called Bad Radio. Free at last. Free at last. It was called Free at last. That's I thought right. it was pretty good. But what I wanted to say in terms of a discussion piece about that is like it, it. As I was listening to that, and when I was hearing you talk about 2016 and those bands, that that feels like that really got away from us somehow, or like from or like those bands that really feels like a rearview mirror thing now to me. Oh my god! Not yeah. that I don't like them, and not that I wouldn't listen to those bands' music. 
but it definitely felt very much like a like a flash in the pan like it was. dalliance. It was because we were so into and the one I think of is modern baseball. Modern baseball, hotelier to an extent. I think we were Joyce Manor. Yeah. I mean, I still love Joyce Manor. I Joyce s- Manor is my favorite of those bands now. I would still listen to any of those bands right. now. Like if Modern Baseball dropped a new album, which they won't, because like they're not a band, right? Which is kind of sad. Uh, I would still listen to it. Oh, me too. Would I like it as much as I eventually convinced myself I liked Holy Ghost? Right. Like, no. Right. Probably not. I can't wait. And this this could kind of be a conversation maybe later in the year for our 2010s in review section that we do. Yeah. Just talking about those and like where we kind of sit with them right now. But it, it is interesting that uh, I, I think Pup is another one, though, that has really asserted themselves as one of the bands that I still really love coming out of that era. Uh, this new song, I think, Free at Last, is is really good. I don't like it quite as much as Kids. Uh, but I think this album's going to be really good. I'm excited for it. They're doing pup things. Yeah, like there, exactly. There's certain trademarks they do with their guitar leads. There's certain tones they use. The, the shout-along choruses. Yeah, man. They, like tr- Pup has trademarks. Oh, like, yeah. There's things about their sound that are very much them, which is like that's no small statement for a band today. Right. Because there's a lot of artists you listen to now based on guitar and rock band settings where it's like, oh, there's really nothing discernibly different about this band. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's true. And that's not the case for Pup. And I think that's something to be said. It is interesting uh, how long ago... We talked about this a little last week. 2016, and this is another 2010s in review type of thing, and maybe it's happening now kind of impromptu. That's already like a while ago, dude. Like that's already... Yeah. That's five, three... Well, three years ago, but like 2015 and stuff. Like that's getting to be... It's the middle of the decade. I know. Well, it doesn't feel that long ago. No, it doesn't. But we talked last week about how 2015 felt like a turning point in the decade. Yeah. For us specifically, I think. And 2016 is definitely of a piece with, with 2015 there, especially music-wise. I think we were still... We, there was a lot of emotion associated with the music listing then, especially in hindsight, because like... You know, we talk a lot about those early 2010s records when we were in college, like High Violet by The National, or The National in general, Twisted Fantasy by Kanye, Bonnie Iver, Fleet Foxes, all of them. In a way, we are we now have that perspective on the mid-2010s bands, too. It's a different sort of nostalgia now for those emo pop punk bands. Also, if I can uh, armchair psychology us, if yeah. that's a phrase. Yep. Uh, We're fucking crazy? Is that n- no. what you're going to say? Well, yes. But <laughs> no, what I was going to say was... Like, we were two people who, I think, throughout college and stuff, if you looked at the type of bands we're into, it's like, it was, like, serious stuff. We weren't into a lot of fun shit. No, we weren't. I think we had it in our heads that we couldn't listen to that stuff. And I definitely had it in my head that I couldn't like punk music and that I couldn't like emo music. It was a stigma to me. Right. And I remember it wasn't until um, Cambouche, who we knew in high school, like until his stuff with Sorority Noise started getting put out. And I was like, well, he's my friend and I like this stuff a lot. Right. And from there got into some modern baseball. I think what it kind of is, if I'm analyzing it a little bit, is like it kind of felt like we had a phase we should have had longer, like a long time before. I know. And I think that's why we went in so hard when we did. Yeah. Because we missed out on it. We realized, hey, this is really good stuff. Let's really go for it and kind of own it right now. And then, but like you said, it was sort of a flash in the pan. I think that only lasted like eight months. Because the target demographic of that shit is definitely people a little younger. And we were just on. We were coming out of that. That's for kids who are like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, and we were twenty. 
three and there's 24. no i think there's no problem with liking it at any age yeah. but it's like in terms of like when you're when the target time for you to get into it was it was a little late for us yeah that's like an interesting period of the music listening decade because we us. would go to shows and be some of the oldest people there right <laughs> but we were like 23 yeah so i don't know i don't know it is interesting so what what, what do you think before we move on to hot thoughts what, what are your thoughts on on this new pup song i didn't have a ton to say about oh, it okay. I, I really wanted did to... you like it yeah i did oh, okay. I, i've like okay. both the singles and cool. like like any pup album i'm gonna be excited for the new one uh so let's move into hot thoughts jake complete opposite we have two new rap albums to discuss we don't have to spend a ton of time on these because i don't think we have a, that much to say the first one though is the new offset album mm. uh offset of course is in the uh migos the rap group uh this one's called father of four um which it, he is he is a father of four and he's one year older than us sean jesus christ can you imagine having four kids uh <laughs> from, from with four different partners no and something tells me offset can't believe it either <laughs> well i exactly there's a lot of uh, i think uh guilt or kind of trying to parse through what that means for him and where his life is at, especially post-Cardi B breakup, and maybe they're back together now. I don't quite know. And then, of course, he's dealing with fame. Uh, you know, used to be caught up in the drug trade or, you know, came from the mean streets of Atlanta, Jake, and is now very rich and famous. And I think he's trying to parse through all of that. So those are a lot of the themes on here. I can't, I can't say this is a bad album because I remember we joked last week during Release Radar... I was like, are you going to listen to this new Offset album? We were kind of throwing it out as a joke. We both listened to it. I've listened to it a few times. Yeah, I, I gave it one listen. and I, I It actually was, there were moments that were pretty engaging. I, I liked some of the first few tracks. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think he, it had more of a perspective than I expected. Yeah. Like there was more sort of narrative stuff going on. Um, and like you said, with the songs about fatherhood and all that. How about this, Sean? How about the fact that we get a CeeLo Green Okay. Appearance on here. That what, what song's you, an abomination. You didn't that like song's it. That song's awful. I so I actually think the first half is decent. When CeeLo Green shows, I'm like, oh, this is this is not good. So a couple questions, and and I have a hypothesis as to why. Because when I heard it, yeah. I was a little turned off too. Even though I generally like CeeLo, isn't he like a huge creep and like maybe rapist? I don't know about that. Don't I, quote me on that. Alleged. Alleged, and also I didn't even think about that. Okay, I wasn't sure. because that's what I thought of. Okay, you might be right. Something about that rings true. Yeah. I was thinking more like, I like some of that Gnarls Barkley stuff. Yeah. I kind of like, I like his voice. You know, I, like anybody, I liked Fuck You when it came out at the time. Um, I Yeah. His voice now signals to me early 2010s rap in right. a way that like kind of like dates that the song is very dated it sounds like it's like oh CeeLo I just realized I don't like CeeLo Green I don't really like Gnarls Barkley I don't like Fuck You I barely like Crazy nah I like Crazy you don't I, like dude there's some I, good Gnarls Barkley I, songs I, I don't know I, I think I've always told myself I like Gnarls Barkley and I think I just realized I don't well, I, I'll say this: I would, that, that happened on the air right now, that's, dude. That's what we're here for: Re- revelations. I, yeah. That's what the podcast is all about. It's that's not. Right. It's really about depression. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that's the underlying theme. <laughs> that's like the through line. It is. It's like not how, music. It's certainly it, not music. It's like how Mad Men isn't really about adding. Like, no, you know no, what I mean? No. It's not really about selling jaguars and fucking and, and it's just a conduit and for, suitcases. For other things. Yeah, it's yeah. about like you know this podcast is about existential dread, <laughs> right? Amongst other things, I like some of that Gnarls Barkley stuff. In fact, I, I like their first album a fair amount. I bought it. It was one I had on in the car. Okay, a good amount. Okay. This song, North Star, with CeeLo Green, is an atrocity. <laughs> okay? Get off, get out of here with that song. I will say, though, there are some nice features on here. In particular, there's a nice J. Cole feature. J. Cole has been popping up more and more. J. Cole feels like he's making a run at being one of, like, rap's elite right now, Jake. He, he certainly is, like, popular enough to be. You know, is. It has always felt to me that people... Good up for J. Cole. He played at halftime at the NBA All-Star Game. He is featured throughout the Rap Caviar playlist right now, which, as we all know, is a kingmaker in the in the rap world, Jake. And a couple other nice features here. My boy Gunna, who we'll be talking about in a second, Shortly. shows up uh, on the song Wild Wild, Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Um, Cooler with the tech. Yeah, so let's jump right into Gunna. Let's do it. Well, the last thing I will say about this Offset album, um, I did mention that I was going to check out some of the features on here if they were interesting. And Travis Scott and 21 Savage, two of my favorite rappers working right now, showed up on the song Legacy. I was disappointed, though. This feels like an outtake from that Metro Boomin' album that came out at the end of last year. It just seems like a cast-off from that that's, like, not that great. So do you, you do consider 21 Savage one of your favorites? Right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's not Kendrick Lamar. He's not right. Kanye West. He's not, like, in that category. He's in the Travis Scott 21 Savage category. They're, like, a notch below. Yeah, I guess I have it in my head that I like Travis Scott more than I would like 21 Savage. Oh, I do, too. Yeah. But... Uh, or that he's more interesting and more artistically I, interesting. Than oh, he is. I just something about Twenty One's delivery and some of his lines just really get me. Because Jake, I've always been the guy, and you've said this about me, who will pick out funny little rap lines yeah. and just repeat them or yes. say them as kind of a joke, and then they be, it just becomes like my thing. That's Twenty One Savage, and Twenty One's whole calling card is like it's literally the thing where he'll be like. Say a word, repeat the word. Gun smoke. And then gun smoke. Gun smoke. And like kinda of, it'll be like mumbled. Yeah. Lighter. AK forty seven made in Moscow. Made in Moscow. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, it comes in yeah. later. Um yeah. with the Glockow. With the Glockow. And it's like as I was listening to the album, I didn't even realize I was on the track with twenty one. I was like, right. Oh, there he is. <laughs> there there's there a guy. Because yeah. there's an echo in here now. <laughs> with the Glockout. Anyways, uh, you know, the Cardi B features decent too on the song. Yeah, she she is I I will say Cardi B is someone who I haven't I haven't like spent a lot of time with her music. She does have a striking voice. Oh yeah, and like a really in some really good delivery. Yeah, yeah, really not bad. Let's dive into Gunna here, Jake, because I think a lot of what we're saying about Twenty One Savage and Travis Scott is going to kind of apply to Gunna here. So this this album, Dripper Drown Two. <laughs> first of all, I love the terminology. Of like, I got my drip going. He like, I'm dripping. Um, <laughs> like, I, I love that. So Gunna, I was looking, yeah. has drip in every single yeah, album yes, title. Yes, he does. What he does. And There's drip season, drip season two, drip or drown, drip season three, yep. drip harder, and drip or drown two. I think, I think my favorite is drip harder. 
Drip harder for the, for the name. Like, oh, I'm just dripping harder right now. Drip season is funny because it's so meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would drip season be? Would it be Summer? April? April showers bring drip season? Oh, see, I, I think of like my I have back sweat because it's summer, so I'm dripping. Oh, oh that makes sense. That makes but sense. But that's probably not how they mean okay. it at all. They drip mean like season. dripping means like you have swag and shit, right? Like oh, yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're wearing like a, like a paddock. On your on your wrist, like a paddock watch. <laughs> so, what's your so, take on dripper drown? Okay, because this is definitely something. So, I my take is this is a fun but unexceptional album. Mm-hmm. Pitchfork actually had a really spot on review today where they said Gunna is kind of diving deeper. <laughs> the album cover's unreal too. Like, oh my god! I just say, listeners, if you haven't seen the album cover, it's Gunna like looking into like a fisheye lens. He's in a pool and has an umbrella open in the pool. He's wearing sunglasses and like a like a a, a drippy coat too. He's he's fully dressed at the bottom of a, of a pool with an umbrella completely open above his head. This is this is what I'm here for though. This is what I mean. Like it's fun. This is a fun album. I'm not taking this album super seriously even though I have been trying to get you to listen to it since it came out. I did listen to it. I know. But all weekend I was like, Drip or Drown too? <laughs> like, question mark? You want to listen to it? And uh, there's some good songs on here. I think Pitchwork summed it up really well. They said Gunna like, knows what he's all about. He knows what sound works for him. He's just diving deeper into that sound, but he's not really pushing it in any new directions. And I think that's fair because his body of work is pretty prolific actually over the last few years he's been showing up on a lot of different songs he kind of stole the show on that song uh yozamite on astral world he was great on that or maybe it was no bystanders i don't remember either one he, he popped up on there he was great um he put out drip harder with little baby last year which i actually really liked too um and then he puts this one out like this dude's just trying to like you know have a career yeah this doesn't need to be to pimp a butterfly. This can just be a fun trap record that you put on in the background. There's some fun songs on it. I will admit it all kind of sounds the same. Like it really just sounds the same. It's a 48 minute just vibe of this one thing. There's a few songs on here that I think stand out. The song Derek Fisher where Lil Baby actually shows up to, to collaborate. It's really good. The Young Thug feature, Three-Headed Snake, is good. I think they have a good back and forth. Gun is kind of a Young Thug protege. They yeah. both come from that Atlanta trap scene. But I don't know. It's just fun. I actually had a great listen to it today as I was working. I was like, yeah, like Dripper Drown 2. I'm writing <laughs> I'm writing Google AdWords ads. <laughs> so Okay, okay. So here's the thing. I, I haven't listened as much as you. I, I did listen once. Um, I... Feel as though the trend for me has been with with trap music in general, like it kind of I I'm in this middle ground with it where I can't I don't have the relationship with it that you do mm-hmm. I don't dislike it by any stretch and with this Gunna album I definitely didn't dislike it it was like it's definitely it sounds cool mm-hmm. it, it it is to an extent like it it, it has like a, a cool vibe going to it it's good vibe music it's very much a vibe it's undeniably catchy in a lot of parts too there's, there's melody here there, there are, are parts there are parts that are catchy there's parts that i find kind of just blah they're just like yeah. kind of there um or but, but they're undeniably there's some hooks here and there um i think what it is for me is it's sort of in this no man's land between like it could kind of serve as ambient music it can <laughs> kind can. of it could kind of serve as rap I don't really like it 
that much as either. I, okay. I, don't, I don't think it is like great rap. I don't think it's like great ambient music. I would kind of, there's things I have that serve both yeah. those purposes. Now, I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying it's it's bad because I, I actually think there are things that, that I like about it. I think that there are things that are cool about what Gunn is doing. Far be it from me, not his target audience, not the person who he's trying to make this album for, yeah. to like. I'm not going to be the old man on the porch and okay. say I don't like it because I'm 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 like. The kid, I, I'm just like, hey, you don't get it, old man. Right, yeah. Let it, me ask you this, Jake. I want to turn it around on you. Okay. Our, armchair psychologist, me on this. Okay? Yeah. What? Because this is what happens. I get so much shit from people for liking... Which I will never do. Trap music, okay? I, like, I, I think people know I'm into music, and when I bring something up like this, they're like, oh, we can knock Sean down a few pegs on this taste no no if anything i respect your opinions enough that i i it makes me look at myself and think is there something wrong with me that this doesn't resonate with me because i think what ends up happening is i get really excited about this trap music and i'm like yeah you got to check this out astral world so good travis scott's astral world is good gunna is doing his thing and people are like yeah okay sean all right all right like i don't know man and I, what do you think it is about this style of music, Jake, that resonates? Or why do you think you don't connect with it in the way that I seem to be connecting with it? That's really, really hard. I, I think I can mostly only speak for me as far as why I don't think it resonates. It just is – like, again, it, it to me – it is fine. It 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 feels like music that just sort of is that not not even Travis Scott, which I I like that album a lot mm-hmm. actually. And there's some I think there's some songs on there that really stand out. Something like Gunna, which to me is a little bit more middle of the crop mm, trap definitely, music. Definitely. Uh, to me, it's sort of a little bit like it just is there. It's like if okay. I listened to uh, like a, a folk album, Kevin Morby. Yeah, there's something that doesn't stand out. And I like Kevin Morby. I like Kevin Morby too, yeah. but like any, you know, an album of like a singer or like a pop star who sounds kind of like Lord but isn't doing right. it as good or whatever. To me, th- this album and, and some of the music just feels like it's already not my favorite kind of music. Okay. It's not even like I don't like it. It's just like it's not what I reach for. Okay. It's okay. not like what I. That's I'm, an elitist take, Jake, because this is the music of the people. Okay. Dude, look, l- listen, I, I don't know how I can <laughs> That's be. That's a joke. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> less. Like <laughs> judgmental about it. I know you're you're handling this in a very nice way. <laughs> like <laughs> my weird love of trap. I like that you like trap. I think yeah. it's cool, and I I I think that there might be an album that eventually gets me in. Yeah, uh, and and maybe Astro World is the one. Maybe I go I th- back. I actually think we're gonna look back in four or five years at Astro World and say, oh, that's a classic, and that signified the pinnacle of this sound. Like when when Fu- I really do think that's gonna happen. Like when Future was doing his thing with those Future albums a couple years ago. Yeah. Were you way into that? No, shit? I wasn't actually, and I'm still not really into Future. There's something about the the, the trap stuff that's more sleepy and more mumbly and yeah. a little more. It just I can't grab it. It just feels like something yeah. like I can't. It it, it, it just vibe. It just like outside of certain situations, it doesn't like really. Yep. do much for me. It's not serving totally. me in a way I need. I, and and there's just things that like. I have so many go-tos for mellow. I have so many go-tos for a certain kind of rap that I like. That, yeah. like it's not going to be the thing. So that's fair. With Gunna, nothing wrong with it. I it, it like you know, 
I can't say it like it had knocked my socks off or right. anything, you know. I've actually this is sneakily because it's 16 tracks long. I looked on my uh, last FM. It's up there as one of my most listened to albums from this year. Well, because I've just been like, you know what? I'll throw it on. I'll like listen to this on repeat. Let me ask you, what what is it? What is it that has this? This has been a renaissance. I mean, this is yeah. or, or not a renaissance. This has been a a real. Uh, a boon for you musically, the trap scene. What what yeah. is it about it? Uh, it's I think it's a couple things, and of course I've given thought to it, Jake. Of course, of yeah. Of course. Um, one, it is popular. It's incredibly popular. It's the sound of popular music right now. And right. I thought to myself, well, what am I missing here that everyone else seems to be latching onto? So that was one reason I figured I owed it to myself. A little to, bit of a optimism to, take. to to get familiar with it. Uh, I've always enjoyed, well, not always, I have enjoyed rap this decade in a big way, and I think I've done a good job of keeping up with who is popular and what the big trends are, and I realized as we've gotten towards the end of this decade, as Kanye has kind of waned, as Drake has kind of waned and become like the establishment, and you know, I don't like him as much as I once did, um, I think there was a power vacuum there. And I asked myself, like, who is making stuff that people care about right now? That was another piece of it. Uh, I think I like the, I just like the sound. I like the melodies. I like the vibe. I kind of like the mumbles. I think it's funny, too. I think some of it's funny. It's so over the top. Yeah, it is sometimes funny. It's funny and fun. And I think the other piece is, especially with this trap music, they're glorifying this life that I will never live, nor do I want to live. And it's this hedonistic lifestyle. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago on our state of rap conversation. Yep. But it's this hedonistic life where you're just spending money on whatever. It's kind of like watching Goodfellas or something. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, whoa. Like, you're not going to go do that. I can't believe people live like this. You know, I'm sipping lean all the time. Whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, spend some money. Like, just spending money like crazy. And it's fun to hear about that and just live in that world for a little bit. So combine that with everything else. And I think it's escapism music, Jake, is what it is. Here's what I'll say, Sean. Another thing is like, maybe I haven't found the album yet. For, that's totally for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I haven't had an inroad with Trap that is like very much like, it's going to be my thing. And I'm Drip gonna, season, I'm I think, it. would be. Drip season four, maybe. Yeah, the one. yeah. Um, but I, I will say I'm, I am like really strongly anti give someone shit for music they like good like yeah, i don't you think you should no and i'm not saying you do i'm just saying no like, i think i do a better i i honestly think i do a better job than like anyone of you do doing that. you do like and that's i don't mean i yeah. i really try i'm talking about people like my sister or like tim and molly right. or you know some other people friends who, of the pod yeah exactly yeah um because what that all ultimately yeah. comes down to because i've had the kernel of what the feeling is where you want to shit on someone for liking music. Right. I know what the what it comes from is insecurity. That's what it, yeah. Because what absolutely. it comes from, and I've, I've had it with all kinds of music that other people like, like Bruce Springsteen or whatever it is, there's some small thing where I don't connect with it. What it ultimately is is you're like, I don't like it. This person seems to get it. So I have to take them down, down a peg. Yeah. If that person gets yeah. it, if I take them down a peg and I view the thing they like as lesser than. Right. Like That's fair. That's why I just am like... No, no shade for liking Gunna because there's obviously something that resonates with you about right, it. Right, right. You know? 
And I like saying gonna. It is, it is fun to say gonna. Now, are you objectively wrong for liking it? Yes. You are. <laughs> and it's shit music. No, it's not. Uh, on that note, Jake, let's touch quickly on another couple albums we listened to. One of them was the pop rocker Afluxion by Telekinesis. Really don't have anything to say about this. Uh, the only thing I listened to it. I listened to it once. I thought it was... It's fine. I had never listened to Telekinesis before. Oh, d- don't listen. Listen to 12 Desperate's straight lines instead i thought this was pretty cool it man. is like, it's good it's he, there's some sort of it's like, the same exact stuff that like yeah, he's been doing though. he he is like a a real like pop songwriter yeah, pop, yeah, like good. in the old sense of like pop now rock. jake if you really want a pop album you're gonna want to listen to gunna no, ripper drown uh, too okay? i haven't heard of it <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to check it out i'll rewind um the other one that i want to talk about is this album uh kankyo ongaku nice pronunciation thank you japanese ambient Envi- uh, environmental and new age music 1980 to 1990 this is a collection um by the guy behind is it visible cloaks oh okay who curates I, know that. I, I i better check but who curates this is the third in a series of albums mm. that this that that they've done um collecting ambient or like sound music yeah from uh from different eras in different places um and this one is is Japanese ambient music again from between so for the eighties really eighty to ninety. Yeah. Uh, this album's really cool. It, it kind of is reminiscent of uh, of like Eno's ambient music yeah, from is. around the the seventies and eighties. Feels like he was very inspired by that. But you can definitely feel a touch of like there's 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 some Asian music influences coming yeah, in here definitely. and there. Uh, I, I've been enjoying this. I've listened to it probably four or five times, like on just while I'm doing work. I had it on today as I was doing work, and I completely agree. It's perfect for that. It was more so. We talked about that uh, Nivek album that had come out a couple weeks ago. This felt even more minimal than that. A lot more space in these songs. I feel like, and I think in like some in some ways prettier yeah, at certain points yeah. at least there was more a little more melody to it mm-hmm. felt like uh with with, with Nivik, it was very much like felt like like with the bells and shit yeah. it was very much like a sound droning correct yeah you know yeah, I mean? yeah 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 that's what i mean by like there's more space here totally uh but yeah i liked it really good for work really good uh ambient album i feel like we're putting together some nice uh Stretches of of more ambient stuff this year, Jake. That I feel like was maybe missing last year. I feel as though with the, I, I agree, and I think that with uh, this album, what I think is also interesting about it is the history aspect of it. Like this is yeah. music I never would have been exposed to. That's true, or even thought about. Um, and let me just check. Yeah, Visible Cloaks, Spencer Doran. Okay. Have you listened to Visible Cloaks? Uh, yeah, one album. What's the one? I feel it as, came I out feel a couple like... years ago. I listened to it. Visible Cloaks. Visible Cloaks. Here it's. Um... Lex Resemblage. I might have listened to Reassemblage. I think that's the one I listened. It came to out in 2017, well. dude. They got an 8.7 best. Music. I, I, I think I listened to that one, but yeah, good stuff. Um, Jake, let's dive into our now weekly segment, mm. 2010s in review. Uh, this week, I had a thought. So I have gone back just on a complete whim. Actually, no. You know what? This was not on a whim. This. Had a reason behind it. I went, this was on a lark. I, no, no, it was not a lark. It was not. I went back and I listened to Control by SZA this past week. And I ended up listening to it, I think, seven times in a row. Very Over nice. the course of 24 hours or something like that. In particular, the song Drew Barrymore, which I think is amazing. The reason is that song was played at the end of this week's episode of Crashing. And I was like, what? I, like, I know that song. What? 
what is this? I was like, this song's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's SZA. That makes a lot of sense. Because on the show Insecure, also on HBO, you should definitely watch it. It's very good. They had the song Supermodel, the lead track from Control. And I remember getting back into that song a few months back when I heard it on that show. Um, So HBO has been really hitting the SZA drum to get people like me back into it. To listen to SZA. So I went back and I listened to Control. And oh my god, Jake, we kind of fucked up. In 2017, is that when it came out? Yeah, 2017 came out in June of that year. When that we we missed that, we overlooked that, and I think what happened is we didn't listen when it first came out. We went back and we listened at the end of the year when it ended up on every best of list, and we were like, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good, but we didn't have like time or we were listening to other stuff. I didn't listen as closely as I should have, and I've gone back now, and wow. This is a really good album. Yeah, I, I went back on your recommendation, and I, I agree. Supermodel, uh, Drew Barrymore, and, and the song The Weeknd is one that I've come to know. Um, Mary-Kate listens to it all the time at home. And I remember one time I was like, who is that? I was like, is that SZA? This was like probably a couple months ago. And she was like, yeah. And I, she had kind of gotten into this album a little bit and like some of the songs. And at that point, I remember feeling like, oh, I was irresponsible. And like, this song's sick. Yeah. I should have gotten into this more. You should have. Um, it, it, it is really, really good. I agree. The album is super strong. And I had forgotten all about songs like Drew Barrymore and Supermodel. I did too. There's a couple nice features on here. My boy Travis Scott shows up on the second track. Not not my favorite version of Travis, but right. it, it's nice. It's good enough. Gunna's nowhere to be found, Gunna, Gunna will be on the next album. Where's the little baby on the Guarantee Gunna will collaborate with SZA. Wearing his like rectangle sunglasses. <laughs> He'll be in a pool with an umbrella. Yeah. Uh, there is a Kendrick Lamar verse on here. Which is sick. Really, really good. That's a great song. This album starts off very strong. The, the, he, Kendrick Lamar was on the song that was all about pussy. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one, I feel like Kendrick is like so respected yeah. that SZA, a, a strong female artist, will. Write this like basically female empowerment song about like how or empowerment or or like kind of commentary about women as sex like mm-hmm. figures mm-hmm. and have Kendrick on it to rap from like kind of an it seems like objective it feels like he's rapping truth yeah yeah but it's like this is a dude who is he's talking about dudes will like do dumb shit because of like pussy yes. basically and it's, it made me think it called into question i was like i'm very uncomfortable saying pussy <laughs> right it's hard for me to say that and like kendrick's rapping it he's saying it every I, other like word. 50 times he's, yeah. he sounds great dude I, that's a great verse yeah he's a fucking treasure great verse yeah but this album uh, basically I, I don't have much more to say i you know what song i do love is that last one 20 something 20 something i was really, really like good. that it song. resonated with me one that for some reason on the uh track list stood out in terms of the production at the moment was garden I liked the way the, the the actual beat sounded. I only remember that, and I couldn't tell you like what any of the words are right now. But when I was listening to it, I made a point to like look when I liked the yeah. thing. Sometimes I'll do that if I have to like remember shit yeah, for the podcast. I'll be like, okay, look. Track names are becoming harder and difficult. Harder. I remember Garden had yeah. a beat that I liked, um, but th- this made me think of a, a larger theme that I'd like to talk about, Jake, and with our 2010s in review. And I, I asked myself, are there other artists like this where we just completely drop the ball and miss? The answer is yes, unequivocally yes. There's so much good music that's come out that we haven't been able to listen to. But I, I, I started to connect some patterns, as I will do in the, my brain. They're there for the taking. Exactly. And I hate to say this, 
But I feel like more often than not, this ends up happening, to me at least, with black female artists. Me too. Where they'll be critically acclaimed, rightfully so. And I'll listen and I'll kind of say, yeah, this, this is good, but this music isn't for me. And then I'll kind of forget about it. And then it'll end up on end of the year lists. Maybe I'll go back. Maybe I won't. But it got me thinking about artists like Janelle Monet, Beyonce even, uh, SZA, Solange. Like these are all artists that uh, Cardi B even last year with with uh, Invasion of Privacy. Yeah, I didn't even give it the time. Exactly. Day. Like that's what I'm saying is there's all this good stuff out here that is massively, massively popular. We have this fucking music podcast and we're like, ooh, did you hear the new like pop punk emo album? Meanwhile, Sizz is out here <coughs> doing her thing and we're not really giving her the time of day. Well, a couple of things about that. One, I totally agree with you and I think we have a blind spot. And I think that in as part of that though, there is an extent to which we almost can't help that. Like we, we can yeah. try, we can make an effort, but also like... Uh, I think the podcast from the beginning was centered. It, like, the core of it has been sort of indie rock, rock as it extends yeah. out toward you know other genres, right. and then we definitely have incorporated rap and R and B here and there. This is at its core a Father John Misty Beatles <laughs> depression podcast. That's really what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a modern baseball the podcast. <laughs> we haven't talked about them <laughs> those are the big three. Yeah. Yeah, I, but but I, I agree with you. I think that it, that's totally fair, and I think that's something that I've acknowledged uh, in myself as well. I mean, one notable exception for me, I guess, would be No Name, although if I'm being honest, I didn't listen to that last No Name album as much as I would have mm-hmm. liked. Um, one that stands out that I remember us both really liking, though, at the time was uh, Kalela. Kalila? Kalila? Whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah. some nice... That, I, I think we both kind of liked that at the time, but, yeah. but I agree, and I think it, it, it definitely happened with Lemonade. I think it happened with... Um, with a seat at the table. Oh, yeah. Where we were like, yeah, it's good. We'll rank it. Uh, right. But like, Not I high. don't remember how a lot of songs at the exactly. seat at the table go. And that's the thing is we can recognize it's good. I almost feel like we don't let ourselves get way into it. I, at least for me. I will speak for myself. I don't let myself. I don't treat it the same as I would if a Father John Misty album came out. And, th- and that's not fair. There's also a difficult conversation to be had and a difficult cognitive dissonance about the idea that something really acclaimed might come out, like say Lemonade, which I liked, or A Seat at the Table, comes out and you listen to it enough and it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. Then it's tough. What do you say? I don't like it. I flat out don't right. like it. Like right. it's a. Uh, but why does everyone else love it? Yeah. And like it's clearly incredibly culturally well, relevant and this touchstone. And yeah. I feel like there's something difficult about. There's a fear there for me of being of of saying like yeah I. I I think we're probably in our own heads too much about like life, how everything. much we we like or dislike an album and why or why not. Of course because we are. I just listened to this SZA al- album with no expectations, very casually, and I ended up loving it without any baggage of oh, I I should love this or you know Shouldn't, what's the cultural yeah. significance of this album. So I think that is something that I'm going to keep in mind with any. New albums that come out like that this year, or maybe some of these other ones I'll go back and listen to with a fresh set of ears, which is really what this segment is all about, Jake. 2010s in review. Totally agree. I think it's good that you you brought this to light mm-hmm. because cool. uh, it did expose, uh, yeah, expose the blind a blind spot. Absolutely. Um, so I think Jake, we can wrap up this week's episode with a little release radar. Uh, Weezer. 
coming out with the Black Album is this that, week. I actually didn't know that. Yes, this will not be a covers album. This is original material from Rivers Cuomo and the Which crew. album do you think you'll like better coming into the year? Uh, the Black Album? Question mark? Probably. Will you? I don't, well, it's not like I'm like listening to that covers album all the time. I like a couple songs from it, but like... But what I'm saying, the bet there is that maybe the Black Album is just... It sucks. And it's not that good. It kind of like Pacific Daydream. Oh, I have no doubt it just might suck. Yeah, it probably that, will suck. And in that case, you probably would like the covers album. That's more. true. We'll have to see, I guess. We will. Yeah, uh, a couple other ones. Jake Westcust. Remember this band? Yeah, dude. The all-time one-hit wonder of the decade for us it, with that it, song "Swirl." People, yeah, go listen to "Swirl" by Westcust. W e s t k u s t. The song is called Swirl. It is a jam yeah. of like shoegaze pop. Yeah, it's awesome. Like one of the best of this decade. We, when that album, when that song came out, we were like, "Oh, this is gonna be like <laughs> album of the year. It's gonna be so good." That was the only song we liked, basically. Yeah, I remember not liking really the no. rest of it. But they're coming out with their second album uh, on Friday, and then uh, Wild Pink is putting out an EP. It's a follow up to their album they put out last year, and then Jake Hosier. Is coming out with his sophomore album as well. Are you going to be taken to church? Oh man, I gotta say, Hosier is someone who does not do much for me, me. either, dude. I okay. I was in. I was looking on Reddit. Um, I think when this album was announced, and I was like, "What's the what's the cultural conversation around Hosier? You know, Hosier, whatever the whatever his name is. Bad name. Not great. And I'm in there, and people are making a bunch of like take me to church jokes. What I'm very here for. And then other people were like, no, you know what? Take Me to Church is the worst song on that album. He's like, you guys got to go back. You got to listen to, to to this Hosier album. Okay. Like, it's really good, actually. When people do the the hit is the worst yeah. song on the album thing, that's a try-hard move. It is. It's a try-hard music discussion move. Yeah. Because it's rarely true. Yeah. Like, almost never. And, like, I, in fact, I get, like, I... I We'll tune out people who say that kind of shit. Like, oh, the hit's the worst one. It's like, no, it fucking isn't. <laughs> right. That's impossible. <laughs> oh, you mean track eight on this Hosier album is better than Take Me to Church? Right. It's not. I can see Take the... Me to Church is overrated. Take Me to it's Church overrated. was one of the first songs I ever remember having this thought about. It has all the components of something I would love, but it, I really don't like it. I remember, yeah. I remember thinking, I remember being like, wow, like this hook... The take me to church yeah. thing feels like something I would really that would resonate with yeah. me. The, I, his voice feels like something I would like. The way it's produced, like the fact that he's this guy playing kind of like rock music that's mm -hmm. a little experimental, seems like something I would like. Don't like it as a package. No, it doesn't work because it feels too perfectly crap. You're like, you're like something stinks here. This is too much on the nose for what I would like. Yeah, and it didn't help that it was in every fucking commercial and you know like corporatized thing ever. I also don't care for that other like faster, poppier song by oh, him. Oh, um... I fall in love with a little bubby I, I like that one more. I think that song I, is annoying. I don't... I don't think Hosier is good. Look... Are we, are we doing the thing where we shit on no, I, I, music? If no, if you... Is what, I, what I was about to say is if you like Hosier... Live your truth. Start a podcast. Listen, yeah, start the Hosier podcast, yeah. and it'll be our competitor. And then you can tell us Father John Misty sucks. He doesn't, but maybe, maybe in your eyes, he does. Maybe you can tell me Gunna sucks. We all know that's not true, though. No. Um, okay, that's that's release radar. 
That's. I didn't expect a hosier conversation. I, I didn't either. I like it. I didn't either. Um, we'll see you next week, then. Thanks, everybody. We're on. I'll, I'll repeat what we just said. Weeks zoom by. I can't. Time goes by fast. I can't um, believe it. It's a construct. And speaking of that, yep. True Detective season three wrapped up. I am woefully behind. Okay. I thought the ending was actually really good. I you think did. a lot of people were Didn't disappointed like by it. I think with True Detective and Nick Pizzolato specifically, he's not. You shouldn't ever expect. A normal, by-the-numbers, detective murder mystery story. That's not what he's trying to do. No. He's trying to talk about what a case will do to people who are around it. And that right. is really... It's all in service of that. I, I am very excited to finish it. It's a weird thing where we started watching it. And do you ever... For me, this happens all the time with, with shows or with books. It's like if I fall off the horse, it's all the harder to get back oh on. Oh, my God, yeah. We fell off after week two. And oh, okay. Like, so you got hours to go. But I want to do it. And like the whole thing is like, we'll probably just do a binge yeah. someday. Like, we'll yeah. pick a Sunday mm-hmm. or a snowy night mm-hmm. and just blow through them. Um, sunny, sunny day. Sunny day. Waste that yeah. away. Dude, uh, you know what was great? Uh, in Big Mouth, the depression cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the depression cat. Yes. Where, where, where uh, what's her name there? That character is like, it's broad daylight. Shouldn't we get up? And she's like, no. <laughs> Here's another blanket. Yes, yes. Do you want to like drink some warm ice cream? <laughs> she was like, okay. I love, did you watch the Valentine's Day special? Yeah, really Dude. good. Oh my god, that show's great, man. So funny. It, it, you know, it's funny, man, because when I would watch the League, I really disliked Nick Kroll, right? For like irrational reasons. Well, his character was sucks. It, was the wasn't him Ruxin? Yeah, yeah. Um, hated him. That show also wasn't very good. No, it was okay. It had moments. It was occasionally funny. Um, it was good for the time, I right. feel like, and for my age, whatever. I never finished it. I no, watched, like, no idea. I don't think I did either. Seasons. I don't even know if I watched full seasons. Yeah. I would just watch episodes when other people did. It's not like it was a hard one to pick up what was going <laughs> no, on. No. Every episode they were like, oh, look, it's like fucking Doug Martin. <laughs> And he sucks at acting because yeah. he's a football player. Hey, hey, oh, Ed Reed is here. <laughs> right. Like, oh, it's fucking uh, Patrick Willis. <laughs> it's like you guys have met an exceptional amount of football players. For be- doing a thing that, like, everyone does. <laughs> right, right. Um, um, but but, but no, what I was going to say quickly is uh, I've always liked John Mulaney. And the fact that right. he is associated with him and I've been watch- I've watched a few interviews with those guys, they're really fucking funny together. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I really like Nick Kroll now. Yeah, yeah. I mean... He's hilarious in this show, and like obviously he's the the brains behind it. I, I was one last thing I was gonna say. He, Coach Steve is a very funny yes. character. He's an example of dumb done well. I think yes, because we talked before how we don't like the dumb character. I think Coach Steve is done in a weird enough way. Yes, you're right. Two things: one, when they try to fire Coach Steve, and they just can't because he's too stupid to understand right. what they mean, and he right. keeps finishing their sentence in the wrong way. Right. Um, I love that. The other is when Jay. Is like let's hang out, Coach Steve. Like let's be friends. And he does a magic trick, and yeah. Coach Steve immediately tears up. Yes. And is like, "What happened? Why did you do that?" He's like scared. Uh, what I love about Coach, Steve, well, I love when he like stretches. He's like, "Ah!" 
<laughs> and he like stretches his like triceps yeah, or whatever. He's always stretching. And then um well the dumb the dumb sex ed teacher. Dumb works if there's a, a heart and a sweetness behind the dumb. And, and not like just a, dumb for dumb's sake. Like Coach Steve is better written than Jason in the good place. Oh yeah. Jason is a is a, actually like kind of a blemish on that show. You're He's right. sometimes You're good. Right. I love that show, right. and I binged it in a couple weeks. But but he his character, I like every line he says. I'm like, okay, all right, Blake Bortles. Yeah. When I was in Jacksonville, <laughs> right. it's like, all right, dude, like that's right. not funny. Like Jacksonville, I get it. Florida sucks. I guess like that alone yeah. is not funny. Yeah. Um, so big news, Jake. Mm-hmm. I am now a cracked phone screen guy. Oh yeah. And I am not happy about it. Roles are reversed here. You just got a new phone. We just talked about that. Now I am a cracked phone screen guy. Yeah, so this has been an unspoken um, class thing for you, frankly, for years. (laughs) It's fine. fine. No, no, no. But I think you'd acknowledge it. You always, like, it's, it's, it's not unnoticed by me that you, for years, looked down on people who even had a case. I know. Who would even deign get a case to protect their phone? That has not been the case for years now. I've had right, a case right. on my phone for a while, but I was I did have a weird pride thing about you did. oh I don't use a case. I'm an adult. I don't break my screen. And also, I feel like you did have a pride thing about not breaking your I phone. Did. I did. Now that that is all fine because we all hold on to stuff like that. Little things like <laughs> when, that. when we're children. No, yeah. that's not what I mean. I mean everybody like I probably have shit like that too. Yeah. Like, oh, I've never done this specific thing. Right. Um. That being said, I was happy to have been there. I feel like we helped talk you through it. You did. You talked me off a ledge. and You were quite upset. I still sort of am because what ended up happening, Jake, was I went to... I, I was getting out of my car or something, and I think I had my phone in my lap. or I don't even remember. It fell face down onto the pavement. Luckily, it didn't break then. However... The structural, the structural integrity of the screen was compromised. Yep. And then there was a tiny little, like, something in the corner. I was like, ah, that's no big deal. It'll be fine. I don't ever drop my phone. Cut to Friday night. I've been doing this thing where I put my phone in my back pocket a lot now because it's just easier to get in and out. And I think uh. I sat down, like, the wrong way or sat on my phone screen. And that little blemish was enough to bring it to a full-on spidering crack. It's a shitty feeling, and like there's sometimes where if you drop it on its face and up, that's what's happened to me yeah. in the past. Is like eventually it just splinters and starts yeah. to just get worse, kind of on its own. Yeah. Um, so it uh, it's, it's like not it's even not, a bad. It's crack, not man. terrible. Can I see like, it? Well, like like my background doesn't really help, but um, yeah, it's mostly the bottom right and bottom. Yeah, it's okay. It's not awful. It's enough to be annoying. Right, yeah. And it, it is a blemish and it is annoying. My my last one was bad. Yeah. The worst I ever had it was I had the iPhone whatever 4. There was one that had like kind of a glass back to it too. Oh, do you remember yeah, it was I do. I think it was the 4. I once shattered five. both sides of one. Could have been the 6. Yeah. At oh, different yeah, points. Yeah. I dropped it and shattered the front, dropped it and shattered the back. The entire thing was just shards it's, of it's glass. It's just glass. It's astounding to me that it doesn't fall out more easily. This last yeah. time, I actually had chunks fall out. That's which was weird. I could see through to like the light coming from the phone and like up. metal parts of the phone. Yeah, um, and that thing would die. How dare these supercomputers break on us when we are like human enough to drop them? I know that's the thing. That I was like, thinking about this the other day, actually, Jake. 
um, I was thinking about how we as humans, we've evolved to this place where we're actually like pretty smart. Yeah. We're very smart, all things considered. But we we're have a lot of information actually really fucking dumb. We're, we're so dumb. We're helpless. We're so limited. Even our own perceptions are so limited. We can't. We will never ever know what it's like to experience life through someone else's eyes. All we have is our own perception, and that could be completely off. We don't know. That's the thing. True, and also there's that, and also we're like we're helpless. Oh yeah, like we're fr- yeah. Unless you are in like a trade, or like you know how to actually do um, anything with your hands, right? Which I fucking don't. No. I need someone to fix everything for me. Yeah. Or do anything for me. No, I'm the same. Like, I can't do, like... I don't want to. No, I don't want to either. Right. But I couldn't if worst comes to worst. Nah, you could. You could You could learn. Right, but like, say the internet went down. Yeah. I was thinking the other day about, like, if... Because on the Daily, they were talking about how the, like, America is trying to prevent China from getting control yeah. of 5G. Right. The next generation. Basically, like, the Internet of Things and how... Like, um, are they going to control that shitty buzzword all by themselves? It's the worst or name. Are we all going to keep using it? It's the worst named thing going, Awful. but it's it, it it seems to persist. But I was thinking about they were like the next phase of warfare will be fought by disrupting other countries' electronic oh. networks and like cellular networks and their means of communication. Yeah, because it's so important to us. And I was like, what if we went into a total blackout? And, like, I couldn't use my phone. The internet was not a thing. Like, my job wouldn't actually exist anymore. No, we'd get a vacation. Our payment systems would be down, too. Because how do we access online banking? Or who knows what that would do to, like, ATMs and stuff. Good thing I have 10 bucks. Maybe have a little cash on hand, Jake. Maybe I don't have much. Well, humans are pretty dumb. Um, We're we're limited. Yeah, so the, the way you meant it was more like... Was what? Not that we're... Um, that like, even though we're very capable and smart, we're actually still incredibly limited in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Yeah, and like, there's some people who would argue we are just like, subject to whatever our fate is. Like, there's nothing, there's a certain amount of of ourselves we can break out of and change, yep. and there's enough that just you can't. You won't. You won't. And you can't change. Right, exactly. Which is scary. So, on that happy note, Jake... Do you want to dive in? Yeah, I'm just giving myself a little more gain. Okay, good. Because I, I, I need to be louder. Sure. On the pod, I need to be the louder one. Okay. That's to, fine. Uh, That's fine. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. Very competitive in that way. Whatever you want to do. Uh, okay. <clears throat> okay. Um. Here we go. Three, two, one. 